They are the Big Ten no more. Well, at least for this episode, they're still the Big Ten. But they yeah, will we're going to refer to them as the Big Ten. We'll refer to them as the Big Ten, but they are no longer the Big Ten. You might as well call them Big 20 or Big 18, whatever number now fits with them. The Big Ten absorbs Washington and Oregon, effectively killing off the Pac-12. However, we will not be talking about conference realignment this episode. We will be talking about, I won't even say the original Big Ten, but the Big Ten West and Big Ten East Yeah, for our preview of the Big Ten here on the Panthropod. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, we're not going to get into We'll probably do an episode later on down the line, uh, just kind of like a last-ditch effort to try and put an nail in realignment. We thought we already had done that. Nope. Nope. Um, but, yeah, no, I think let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, my name's Cole Connor. I'm Owen Spelnick. You're listening to The Panther Pod. All right, Cole. So I'll go. I'll let you go ahead and start off with us on the Big Ten. I know you did a lot of prep for this show, so I want you to showcase all that prep work for this Big Ten show. Uh, are you saying this because you? No, did? I, I, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I've, 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 had a, I've, I've done plenty of prep work myself. Oh yeah, yeah. I have. I have. Oh man. Um, last week I kind of gave a. Oh man. I, I gave my version of the power rankings that I could see happening this year. Yeah. I'm not going to do that this week okay. for the Big Ten um, just because – Is it because you were the only one that did it last week and nobody else did it, so you felt lonely and left out? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but, no, um, for us, the Big Ten East, which, correct me if I'm wrong, this year they will still have divisions. They will still have divisions. Next big, year, yes, they will not. Next year they will not with the addition of USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington. That being said, Big Ten East obliterates the West. Absolutely. Like year over year. 100%. Do you remember do you remember when they had the Big 10 legends and the Big 10 leaders? Do you mm. remember that? I don't remember that either, but apparently that was a big thing back back in the early 2000s. Good to know. Um no, and the another reason why I'm saying, you know, skip out on the conference rankings or like our version of conference rankings. Uh-huh. Out of Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan State, and even then Michigan State's questionable. Yeah. Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, those are going to be your top 3 teams in yes. the Big 10. Yeah. Under and, current And unfortunately, um, they're all <laughs> they are all in the same division. Yeah. So wonder why the Big Ten's getting rid of divisions. Well, and it to me, I like that. I like you know no divisions. What the ACC is doing yeah. this year, I think that it's going to be um, smash it, especially for Big Ten, SEC, everything like that. We're not talking about the SEC. No, we're, we're talking not. about the Big Ten. We are talking about the Big Ten. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, uh, Big Ten East, Michigan uh, last year thirteen and one, nine and zero in conference. Ohio State. 11 and 2 overall, 8 and 1 in conference. Penn State, 11 and 2 overall, 7 and 2 in conference. Maryland, 8 and 5, 4 and 5 in conference. Michigan State, 5 and 7 overall, 3 and 6 in conference. Uh, Indiana, 4 and 8 overall, 2 and 7 in conference. Rutgers, 4 and 8, 1 and 8 in conference. Poor old Rutgers. <sighs> you got to hey, feel for them, dude. Do I? Do it because they're making $60 million in that conference. Do I really feel for Rutgers? No, I don't. <laughs> Well, I mean, you got to get that GPA up somehow. Oh, my gosh. Um, <clears throat> at Vandy. Um, 
Yeah, not ACC. Big, but, but, not ACC. That, but but here's the thing though: is Big Ten is an academic conference. Like the most of their members. Oh yeah, are, are are all AAU schools. So that if little, not all AAU. That little blurb at the front yeah. that was just the East going over to the West. The number one seed in the West, um, Purdue, six and three in conference, eight and six overall. They touched Maryland. As far as overall records go, nowhere near Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State. Yeah. Um, Illinois, eight and five, five and four in conference. Iowa, eight and five, five and four in conference. Minnesota, nine and four, five and four in conference. Wisconsin, seven and six, uh, four and five in conference. Nebraska, four and eight, three and six in conference. And then Northwestern, one and 11 last year, one and eight in conference. Mm. Um, that just kind of gave us a little. Uh, preface into this episode as far as you know the teams that we're looking at the teams we're discussing <sighs> to me if i had to pick a front runner out of michigan ohio state and penn state let's be real big 10 west not going to be competing i if i had to pick a team from the big 10 west it would probably be uh purdue or wisconsin and i feel like that's very solid um for for me, I think that for the Big Ten West, number one, I I agree with you that Purdue always competes. However, they have Purdue has a new head coach coming in after Jeff Brom leaves to go to go to Louisville. Almost said LSU. <laughs> Wouldn't <laughs> after, that be something? After Jeff Brom leaves to go to Louisville, but we got to remember though, I, I would venture to say that. Um, the West has started to change its view on football, uh, specifically with Wisconsin and Nebraska. Wisconsin hiring Luke Fickle out from under Cincinnati, and then Nebraska getting Matt Rule in there as head coach. And Nebraska, and I'll start off with Nebraska, if you, or, mm-hmm. or uh, not Nebraska, I'm sorry, Wisconsin, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Wisconsin has traditionally always been, under Paul Christ it was anyways, it may remind you, Paul Chris got fired for a nine and four season last year. A nine and four season. With that in mind, Wisconsin goes out and hires Luke Fickle. Wisconsin brings in your favorite quarterback. I just saw that. Yes, your favorite quarterback. The best name in college football. Tanner Mordecai. Okay. Now they do lose just a little bit to the transfer portal, which is perfectly fine. However, they do return, if I'm not mistaken, all of their offensive line. They return Riley Mal Mal Malham Malman Malman. I think Mahalman Mahal. How's it spelled? M A H L M A N. Yeah, I would say Malman. Malman. Okay, Riley Malman. Malman. Right there, Riley Malman. Okay, anyways, Riley Malman has a combined 397 snaps experience. Lord of mercy. Yes. Uh, Joe Brunner has 38 snaps. Nolan uh, Rucci has 28 sta- snaps. Dylan Barrett, 20, 28 snaps. And J.P. Benchwal has 21 stats. Or 21, 21 stats. 21 snaps. They also return Jack Nelson, Trey Weidig, Tanner uh Bordellini, Michael uh, Fertini, and Riley Malham, which, like I said, Riley Malman. Um, They all made starts last season. Um, They have uh, 
Nolan, like I said, Nolan Rucci and Joe Brunner out in the wings as well for backups. That's not even counting on offense uh, All-American candidate uh, Braylon Allen at running back. Exactly. And they really only lose Joe Tipman to the NFL. That's the only offensive lineman that they lose. So they should be much better and much deeper as well on the line. It'll be interesting to see how they go, uh, especially under first-year offensive coordinator Phil Longo. Yes. Um, but, I mean, I don't see a reason why their passing attack with Tanner Mordecai can't make leaps and bounds over what they produced last year. Now, here's what I was going to say with Paul Christ as well. With Paul Christ, and I guess Wisconsin football normally, what 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 is, Cole, and, you, and I feel like you should know this, what is Big Ten football really known for on the offensive side of the ball? Hard-nosed power eye. Hard-nosed power eye, exactly. And, and, there, and there are several teams that really live up to this expectation. Michigan. Michigan. Wisconsin, and Iowa. Those are the three teams I think really live up to that expectation. You can make the case for Nebraska, but not here recently. Not here recently. Um, Penn State, I I think you can make for that, especially with Nick Singleton coming in. We'll talk about them. Um, But the Badgers are going to be really deep at offensive line. Like I said, they bring in Tanner Mordecai. So I I would foresee, I expect their passing game to be a little bit better. Um, I think Luke Fickle had talked about this in an interview that he did with Josh Pate, was the fact that before uh, before he got there with Paul Chris and just Wisconsin football, it was usually probably 60-40 run heavy, 70-30 run heavy. He says that he's kind of trying to change the narrative and going to have it 60-40 pass. And I can see that. Um, and I, I definitely could see that with Luke Fickle. One thing I do worry about with Wisconsin's defense, too, is the fact that Jim Leonard is now gone. Well, so Mike Tressel fills in Jim Leonard's shoes, um, and they're also returning eight starters on that defense. Yeah. The only ones they're losing, uh, Nick Herbig, uh, Keanu Benton, and defensive backs Jay Shaw and John Torchio. So I don't. I think that those players in particular had a lot on last year's defensive numbers, but under Mike Trussell traditionally runs a four three. Okay. So wouldn't be a whole lot of exceptional. Scheme changes. Exceptional. Yeah. Love to see it. Love a four three. Um not gonna be a whole lot of scheme changes. Uh, defensively as far as Wisconsin is concerned this year. The big question is, is can those players, uh, can the players that are replacing the three or five that they're leaving, can they fill those shoes? Yeah. And can they, how well will they adapt to a new scheme as well for, absolutely for a lot of these new players, players, both transfer portal and returning players as well. I guess transfer portal, not as much because you're kind Mm -hmm. of expecting it, but I'd still say for transfer portal and a lot for the returning players as well. It's like, this is an entirely new different scheme compared to what they're used to. Now, I will say for Tana Mordecai coming in from LSU, not LSU. God, I wish SMU. <laughs> SMU. Coming in from SMU, they were a little bit more high-flying, a little bit more pass-heavy, a little mm-hmm. bit more up-tempo. They played a lot more style, like Southwest, a lot more Southwest-style, Big 12-style, old Big 12-style yeah. football. Um, and so Wisconsin's going to bring that back with Luke Fickle in the char- uh, at the helm. Um so for Wisconsin, I definitely can see them leading the West. I can see Purdue leading leading the West as well. But right now, I think in the West, Wisconsin and Nebraska are good ones. But I do have a dark horse for the West, and we'll get to that in a little bit. So my case for Purdue, if you don't have anything else to no, touch fair on enough. for Wisconsin, um, 
Graham Harrell. Ow. Well, I say Al, but offense was not you, – you, we saw it last year. Offense was not that much improved from Graham Harrell um, last year under the VU. Um, Purdue also lands a very impressive transfer. Owen, please do it with me. Horns, Horns down. down. Texas quarterback – Hudson Card. Ooh, I forgot about that. I forgot because Hudson Card was at Nebraska last year and transferred over to Purdue. Aiden O'Connell uh-huh. is departing, who was their starting quarterback last year. So yeah. likely Hudson Card is going to be their number one play caller yep, this year. Because Aiden O'Connell had to replace Jack Plummer last season when Jack Plummer went to Cal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, they did lose their top receiver and their top tight end in Charlie Jones and Payne Durham. But I think that we are going to see a sizable jump from Purdue this year. That being said, I don't think they're going to be competing with the Big Ten East. I still think they're going to be competitive in the Big Ten West. But this is a Purdue team who won their division. Granted, they didn't win their conference. Um, but they were super competitive last year on offense and on defense. Mm-hmm. Ryan Walters, their new head coach, was behind one of the nation's top defenses last year at Illinois. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, but Purdue is one of those where they were already spoiler makers before. Now it doesn't necessarily feel like they're spoiling anything no. it just feels like an outcome at this yeah. point yeah um the only the only reservation i have with purdue completely i i, I am not against purdue being a, a being a contender i'm not I, not against that pick 100 percent could see that the only issue i have is ryan walters only spent two seasons as his defensive coordinator at illinois mm-hmm and now he's going to be a new head coach. Now, he's really young. He's only 37 years old, so that's great. Same age as Sean McVay, which yeah. I know is kind of a tangent. But but it, but we're seeing more of a trend. Marcus Freeman, I think, is around that age. Yeah. I think he's 40. Um, <coughs> we see a lot of younger head coaches that are now replacing these old-time head coaches. You know, And it's not because they are, they're old and worn out. Some of them are, but it's just that time. Think about it. Frank Beamer retired in 2015. <laughs> He's coming close. He's got 10 more years. He just bought a house in Florida today. Did he really? $17.5 million on the Everglades. If uh, if you didn't hear what Cole said, he said Nick Saban for any of those who, who were talking. But we see this. Urban Meyer retired. Frank Beamer retired back in 2000. Now, Frank, now uh, Urban Meyer didn't necessarily retire, but he is no longer in the coaching field. Uh, Dan Mullen kind of got, got the boot. Um, not kind of. He did get the boot. Uh, let's see, who else am I thinking of? Frank Beamer retired again in 2015. Kirk Ferentz is on yep. the downhill there. Uh, Jimbo Fisher's touch and go. We're going to find out with Bobby Petrino and how that goes. We'll talk about that more for SEC preview. Um, who is the next one that I was thinking of? I can't, I can't think of a, I can't think of the, uh, the other one. I was. Mac Brown? Yes. Kind and, of. Yes but and he no, also because he, in. yeah, because he retired from Texas. Uh, or he just retired from football and went into TV, and now he's back at UNC. UNC. Um, so we'll see. 
I, I still think there's a movement in going younger with the head coaches. With the old guard is slowly leaving. Now we're ushering in the next generation. Exactly. But 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 this is not a bad thing. This happen. This go. This this happens all the time. We yep. saw it with um, Bear Bryant's generation and that generation of coaches of just slowly fading out and having to retire just because the age is there. Absolutely. And you bring in the new coaches, which at the time was people like Saban, which was people like Brian Kelly. Um, also Kirby Smart as well. You know, like like those guys. Now, I know Kirby Smart has not been at Georgia for a very long time. I mean, he's been there less than a decade, but he's not been there two or three years. Absolutely. You know, uh, but he's not a young guy either. He has that tenure. He does have that tenure. Uh, but that's my only concern with Purdue is – and it's not it's not a dig on Ryan Walters by, the, by meaning that he can't coach – it's just hard going into your first year as a head coach because there's a lot more responsibility. There's a lot more politicking that goes with it as well of being a new head coach because more because I, w- I would venture to say more times than not, you have to be talking to donors. You have to be talking to the administration. Oh, absolutely. Recruiting. That's Recru- entire- you're doing recruiting. You're making phone calls. You're doing all these things, all this more office work than on the field work that your assistant coaches, grad assistants, and your, your coordinators are doing. coordinators, yeah. Yeah, and your coordinators are doing. So – We'll see how that transition goes. Um, I do think that making, uh, like I said, like or like you said, Illinois had a great defense last year. Um, their first winning season, an eight and five uh, since two thousand eleven. So I think I, I agree with you that Purdue could be a spoiler maker, but not really at the same time. Uh, but like I said, Ryan Walters is the only one that I have a reservation on, and that's completely and totally fair reservation as well. I mean. You don't expect someone to come in and turn around a program, but Purdue was already a program that was in the right direction. Um, I think if he would have landed at a school in the Big Ten like, you know, (laughs) um, God, I'm trying to remember records off the top of my head. If he would have landed at a Northwestern or a Rutgers, he would immediately have that uphill struggle of trying to turn the program around. But he's in probably one of the better spots in the country in Purdue because last season they finished out with an eight and six record. Granted, they got stumped in their bowl game by somebody, but you know that who, just who not, could that have yeah, been? Don't worry about it. Um, but they finished out last season with an eight and six record, six and three in the conference. I expect them to maintain. I don't expect them to fall off the cliff. Yeah. Um. Cool. Speaking of Illinois, we talked about this last year. Mm-hmm. Or not last year. We talked about this just a little bit ago. This is my dark horse team for the Big Ten West, Illinois, okay. with Brett Bielema and that defense returning there. Uh, Brett Bielema at Illinois has a 13-12 and 12 record. He got hired in 2021. He went 5-7 and seven overall, and then last year he went 8-5. and five. That's a pretty good jump. You, flip, you flip-flop your record there. Um Illinois, I I 100% think that they could make a run for the Big Ten West. Uh, I could see them falling short, but I think I think Illinois is the dark horse as well for the Big Ten West. This is their first uh, last season, 2022. Last season was the first time that they had an overall winning record of eight and five since 2011. Now, like you said, they lose their standout defensive coordinator, Ron Walters, to Purdue. However, Luke Altmeyer 
transfers over to the Fighting Illini at Illinois. If you don't remember who Luke Altmyer is, he was the backup quarterback to Ole Miss or for Ole Miss. I think um, <clears throat> Chase Brown is gone he for is. the Fighting Illini. He is, and that's a, that's a big loss. However, if I had to make the case for him offensively, you still have Josh McCray and you still have Reggie Love. I think both of those backs should be very talented off the rip. You should get a thousand yard rusher, especially in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, and I'm not trying to sound, I'm not trying to, I guess the best way to say it, I'm not trying to stereotype the Big Ten. But I think Altmeyer, as long as he doesn't fumble the handoffs, is going to do solid. We've seen that he has a good presence in the pocket. He can throw the ball down the field very well. Um, but he, the job is not locked in stone yet. You also, they also returned Isaiah Williams, who was their leading wide receiver last year. He had mm-hmm. over 1,700 yards uh, receiving. Averaged about eight point seven yards uh, each time he caught the ball. So That's very impressive. Very impressive, absolutely. Especially in, and now it is the Big Ten West, but still in in prime in you know big time football. That's, that's pretty decent. So I look for uh, Brett Bielema still to continue on this path for Illinois to um, to continue their record uh, or continue their winning ways. I could definitely see Illinois very easily going nine and three this year, especially with the competition now. Their competition does get a little bit more tough because they now have to face Wisconsin. They now have to face Purdue. We'll see what Nebraska is like, but I'm not entirely sure what we're gonna what we're gonna see out of Nebraska this year. So the new DC, Aaron Henry, um, just doing a little bit of digging into him. Uh, 2014, Henry began his career in coaching as a defensive grad assistant at Arkansas under Brett Belima. He was at Rutgers. He was at NC State in 2017. In 2020, he was the cornerbacks coach for Vanderbilt. And in 2021, he was Illinois' defensive back coach. So he has tenure with the team, but he has never been a defensive coordinator before. Yeah. Um, should be interesting to see how that plays out. But if he's been with uh, – let me get a count here. One, two, three, four – five programs in 10 years we'll call it that he has experience he knows how Belima wanted to run the program because he's coached under him before um should be interesting like I said um this is his first time being a defensive coordinator so we'll see how that plays out and he does return several startings of uh Jazir's Jazir Newton and Keith Randolph Jr. uh both in the tackle spots uh Newton was second team All American last year. After leading uh, tackle fourteen tackles and five and a half sacks as well, very for, impressive for the Illinois last year. Yep. Even though both of them considered going to the NFL draft last year, uh, they decided to come back to Illinois for their for their uh, senior season. Illinois did lose two key defensive backs in Devin Witherspoon and Sidney Brown. Um, but, you know, even if their defense isn't as dominant as it was last year, I still think the offense with Josh McCray, Reggie Love, and Luke Altmyer should get the job done for yeah. them. Yep. 
Uh, one thing before I do want to go, Cole, uh, before we continue on, I did I did just real quick want to put out the uh, West since we're talking about the West the uh, media poll what they came out with Wisconsin did finish first with twenty first place votes to finish first in the uh, first in the West Iowa came in second with sixteen place first sixteen first place votes. Minnesota came in number three with one first place vote. They were picked to finish third. Illinois was picked to finish fourth. Nebraska was picked to finish fifth. And Purdue was picked to finish sixth with Northwestern being picked seventh. Disrespectful. I I think it's very disrespectful. I I honestly would probably swap Iowa for Purdue. Yeah. Because I Iowa think. can't play offense. They are the exact opposite of what <laughs> the Big 12 was back in the early 2010s. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, Big 12, our Iowa, excuse me, is um, just the anti-Big 12 team. Oh, really? 100%. Kirk Ferentz, he said, what offense? Throw the ball? Nah, no. not here. No, we, we will never throw the ball. Um, do you want to look at some teams in the East? Sure, let's take a look at the teams in the East. Um, <clears throat> man, where do you even start? I would love to talk about Michigan State, but I'm not going to because I don't think they're going to rebuild as fast as everyone else thinks they are. They got Mel Tucker, which is a plus. Yeah, but we'll see. He he really he lost a lot when Kenneth Walker walked out when he when Kenneth Walker graduated. Yeah. Um. Just to. <clears throat> Just to kind of illustrate how good Kenneth Walker was for Michigan State, he averaged 175.6 rushing yards a game. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how they do, but I think it's going to be a long couple seasons for the Michigan State Spartans. A team that I think is going to make an immediate impact in the Big Ten East is Rutgers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm sorry. What? No, I was a joke. Um, Penn State. I do not like the Nittany Lions um, for various reasons. I think that they're going to be in that three spot behind Michigan. And let's be real. Michigan and Ohio State are going to be your one and two. Mm-hmm. Either way. Either way, you cut it. With the current setup of the Big Ten, Michigan and Ohio State will always be one and two in any order. Uh, Maybe not this year with Ohio State losing C.J. Stroud in the draft, but that's where I think Penn State can capitalize because they have Drew Aller. Yes, they have they have Drew Aller, and they've got Nick Singleton and that defense with Manny Diaz at the helm. Am I terrified for week one? Absolutely. I have not been this scared since West Virginia played Alabama in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm truly – I did not pick Penn State to make you suffer, but I mean well, – No, I picked Penn State as well. I picked Penn State as well because they are they are a true contender, and I think they are a serious contender. They are back-to-back – are they back-to-back Rose Bowl champs? Are they back-to-back Rose Bowl champs? I will look that up. Um, I know Utah went back-to-back to the Rose Bowl, but I can't remember if Penn State went back-to-back. Uh, but they did win the Rose Bowl last year, so they're coming off a fresh hot win. Now they did lose uh, their quarter, their very very experienced quarterback Sean Clifford, but 
Drew Aller started several games with them last, uh, last year and played great football. Nick Singleton last year was only a freshman, a freshman Cole. Penn State, Ohio State. Oh, Ohio State. That's who it was. Yep. That's that's right. Yeah. And Ohio State or uh, Utah played a better game against Ohio State than they did in um they played a, a better game against Ohio State than they did uh, against Penn State. But Nick Singleton in his freshman year, I think it's Richard Freshman, but still, freshman year was a thousand yard rusher for the Nittany Lions. Okay? Thousand yards. 1,000 yards. Last year, Drew Aller threw for threw over 344 yards uh, while Sean Clifford was out. Uh, he was 35 for 60, which is almost a 60% completion rating. Um, the man had four touchdowns in those in in, in that that alone um, in, in those few games that he played with uh, no interceptions. I think it's going to be interesting to see how Drew Aller comes into that system, especially with Parker Washington and Mitchell Tinsley leaving. Um, but if he's able to develop like everyone says he's going to, if he's able to make those key connections with his top wideouts, I don't see a reason why he can't throw close to, if not over 1,000 yards this year. Oh, I, I 100% could see him throwing over 1,000 yards this year. Uh, it's the running that I wonder, yep. could that plague the Nittany Lions this year with Drew Aller? Drew Aller is not known for his legs. Can he get out of the pocket a little bit? Yeah, he had only 52, 52 yards last year. Um, that only averaged about three yards a carry is what he had. But he did have a rushing touchdown, so there's that. But only 18 carries in those four games. And now, in those I say four games, but in those few games that he played, more than likely that was the pocket broke down, the pocket collapsed, I've got to get out of the way. Probably not like any designed running plays. Exactly. Um, and also, too, probably got sacked a few as well. I don't look for Drew Aller. He's not going to hurt you with his legs, but he will hurt you with his arm, and that's what Absolutely. I'm most nervous about playing them this year, this season. On defense, as you said, Manny Diaz is <laughs> – I mean, how else do you put it? Like, he's one of the best defensive coordinators in the entire country. Which is so crazy to me because it never panned out for him at Miami. Nope. It's just one of those things that just didn't work out. Uh, Manny Diaz returned six. My biggest concern with them, again, is just departures. Yep. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. and Jair Brown. It is a little bit of a younger team for James Franklin at in the Nittany Lions. I don't think it's a bad thing, though. I don't think it's a bad thing either. Uh, Drew Aller's new. Nick Singleton's coming into his sophomore year. Could there be a sophomore slump? I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, but – it's a younger team, but it's also a, it's also a good team. It's exciting. It is a top ten preseason team. Uh, they are picked to finish third, I think, in the Big Ten mm -hmm. East. Which, unsurprising, because you have the two juggernauts of the Big Ten. Nobody's going to look. It's always going to be Michigan and Ohio State. Nobody's going to look past, especially Ohio State, but nobody's going to look past Michigan and Ohio State right now until you force them to. Well, so interesting segue – into Ohio State. Okay. They're losing CJ Stroud. They are losing CJ Stroud. They lost CJ Stroud. He's gone. But they are Who's bringing your quarterback? in uh, Kyle McCord. I think it's Kyle McCord. He's running with the ones in fall camp. I think it's Kyle McCord. It will be interesting to see 
how, and I know I've said that just about every single team that we've covered, but really the Big Ten has the most potential, I think, to be a, I mean, it. I think the Big Ten has the potential to be one of the most exciting conferences outside of the SEC. Um, but again, that's personal bias getting in the way, and I'm, I'm, you know, I can call that out on myself. Um, they do have a running back duo on the Doak Walker preseason watch list: uh, Trayvon, uh, Travion Henderson, and Mayan Williams. Both are coming back off of injury, but they should be, you know good to go day one. So it should be very, very interesting to see how that goes for them. They're also going to bring back uh, for the wideouts, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Jackson mm-hmm. Smith in Jigba. In Jigba. That's what it's called. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Okay. So they return those. Uh, Kyle McCord was at Akron, but if you're pretty good enough to transfer out to <laughs> Ohio oh, yeah. State, you know. Um, breaking actually nine hours ago, Ohio State AD Gene Smith says he's retiring in 2024. Wow, interesting. So this will be his last football season, if I'm not mistaken. 2023-2024. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think Ohio State is one of those teams where you hate to give them their roses or you hate to acknowledge um, Ohio State, but to me, they're always going to be in that conversation because of how dominant they are in the Big Ten, and especially in a Big Ten East without two serious or with only two serious threats in you know Penn State and Michigan. Yeah, and the game is you know the game. I think that the quarterback position, much like. Um, much like Alabama this year, who doesn't have a solid quarterback, we still don't know who the solid quarterback is, who who the starting quarterback is for um, for Alabama. I think that this year Ohio State's going to have to rely less on their quarterback and more from their skill positions. Yeah, um, and I also think they're going to have to rely on Jim Knowles and that defense for Ohio State as well. They're going to have to play almost Michigan style football of not high flying. School diving, limousine riding, riding. sky skydiving. There we go. <laughs> High flying, skydiving, limousine, limousine riding, riding, jet jinx. flying, son of a gun. Yeah. Woo woo. Um. Oh, wow, Jay just gave us the simmer down card. Interesting. Oh, uh, JT Chitwood back in the studio. Is Jay real? Who knows? He he is on the Instagram page. If you can find him, so there's that. Hmm. Well, he is real because he showed up last year in the. It's stage name. It's just yeah, J T C. Yeah, um, dude, we went like an hour without making WWE references, we, and here we are. We did, but it's okay. Um, back to Ohio State. Yes, they're going to have to rely on that defense with Jim Knowles. Again, you're going to have to rely on Jackson Smith and Ninjig and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr. Your running back room. I think that's what you're going to have to rely on just to see if Kyle McCord can get his legs under. Um. Moving on from Ohio State to the one team that no one really wants to talk about because they're just coming back from a college football playoff berth, Michigan. J.J. McCarthy is returning. Mm-hmm. Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards are also both returning. 
this is a team who is not gunning for the Big Ten East championship or the Big Ten championship. This is a team that's gunning for a national championship. And I hate that <laughs> so much. Michigan, I think, is becoming – all right, so I, here's how I view it. I think Michigan has either become the Alabama of of the Big Ten or – Boo! I say the Alabama of the Big Ten, but I, th- I think – Really? The, the, Honestly, the, it should be Georgia. It should be Georgia the way that they rose up. I think Ohio State – so it's always been Ohio State and Alabama run their respective conferences. Yep. Well, now they've got their two – well, I wouldn't say Georgia's a big rival of Alabama, but no. they are a conference rival. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, they are a conference rival. So I think uh, Michigan rising up, much like Georgia did, is the Georgia of the Big Ten. However, they're their own teams and their own perspectives. You could say yeah. that Alabama is the Ohio State of the SEC or Georgia is the Michigan of the SEC. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but Michigan, like, like you said, they return J.J. McCarthy. They come off of a heartbreaking loss in the playoffs. Go Big 12. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Horn frogs. Anyways, hypno toe. Hypno toe. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. What How can run. you forget about the hypno toe? I forgot about the hypno toe thing. Um, I forgot my train of thought. Dadgum it. Um, hypno toe will do that to you. Yeah. Oh no. Um. No, uh, I, I hear what you're saying though. It's very much. You can compare any team to you, – you can make the point that Michigan is the Georgia of the Big Ten. Um, you could say the same thing about Alabama and Ohio State. You can make that comparison. I think that's a fair comparison. I think that Harbaugh is done if he does not win a national championship in the next two years. I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. I think as long as he keeps going to the playoffs, he maybe even goes to a national championship game as long as he makes that Final Four. Now, we'll see. Next year is going to be different mm-hmm. because it's going to be – we're moving to the 12-team playoff, and we still really don't know what's so going on. so excited for that. We still really don't know what's going to go on with that because the 12-team playoff, the Pac-12, Pac I said the Pac-4, <laughs> Pac-12 has pretty <laughs> – I mean, that's, that's what it's it is. It's accurate. Right? It's accurate. <laughs> Uh, the Pac-12 has pretty much died off. Oh yeah, um, which is a shame, but it is a, it is a massive shame. As somebody who's part of a conference that is now dead in football, it is a, it is a big shame. Um, but we'll see we'll see how it goes. Greg Sankey is not all on the six auto bids for the Pac-12 or for the Pac-12 for the 12 team playoff. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But I think as long as he just continues to make the playoff and or the championship game. I think he's perfectly fine. Or as long as he's uh, going to the Big Ten title game, I think he's fine. Um, beating Ohio State, I think you're fine. Now there will come a point in time where it's like, all right, but you know, you've, you've this is great and all, but you haven't always won the it. bridesmaid, never the bride. Exactly. You've never won a big. You've never won a national championship. We're we're kind of needing that. I think there is a difference between and Josh Pate has talked about this before. There's a difference between just pressure in your job and competitive pressure. Competitive pressure is kind of what Ryan Day would be going through right now of he hasn't beaten Michigan, he got to the playoffs, hasn't won a Big Ten title, or didn't win a Big Ten title, you know, sort of thing. 
that's competitive pressure. That's not going to get you fired as long as you're competitive. It's just right. the fact that you're getting pushed. Actual pressure is when you're going five and seven at a team like West Virginia, and you still have your job, and you should be winning eight to nine games every year. Enough about that. Anyways, I mean, um, you can make the same case and say like you know, like win a national championship, and then like two years later you're fired. But yeah, you know. exactly. We would never know anything like that, would we? Go. Ah. <laughs> What are you talking about right now? Yeah, no, couldn't tell you. Trust the client, Cole. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. At least you made the championship. Anyways, enough about LSU, West Virginia, SEC, Big 12. That's enough. That's enough. Uh, Big 10. Big Big 10. 10. Uh, But, yeah, Michigan, I I, I could see – I think is 100% the favorite. They return, oh, yeah. they return the mo- they return the most and they return their their starting quarterback. They lost 3 Ryan Hayes. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt to say their starting center's name. Uh Ulu Ulu Watt team and I'm not trying to be offensive or No, it's just, it, like I that. think it's a like Pacific Islander name. Um uh Ulu Ulu Watimi, maybe? Maybe. And their top wideout Ronnie Bell. Um, that's on offense, not terribly hard to replace. And I'm not the Big Ten. They're besides, not massive skill positions, right? The Big Ten, besides uh, hard nosed power, how did the Big Ten get the hard nosed power eye representation? I have no idea. Um, Nebraska football because they had a bunch of six eight, three hundred and forty five pound corn huskers on their front line, Big and it's not real hard to find. Farm. Yeah, it's not real hard to find replacements for them. Um, especially in that area of the country. Big dudes. Um, their defense looks solid, and their offense looks great. I don't see a reason why Michigan can't repeat the success that they had last year. I don't either. Uh, I think really they're real. Their and true contender it. this year is Penn State. Yes. Penn State is their true contender. Not saying Ohio State can't jump up and bite them, but out of those three, to me, it's Michigan-Penn State. Absolutely. Ohio State's still third. They're going to sweep every other conference oh, opponent yeah. besides Penn State and Michigan State. Or Michigan, I'm sorry. And Michigan. Yeah, I think Michigan State right now, they're just they're too, they're, they're searching. There's too many question marks. Yeah, they're, they're searching. Uh, I want to jump back to the West real quick, Cole. And speaking of Nebraska and those 6'8", 635-pound big dudes right, right there. Do what? Yokozuna out here. Yokozuna, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> The they Matt Rule takes over as head coach. Whose rules? Rules, no rules. rules. Yes. Um, Jeff Sims, the Georgia Tech quarterback, comes into Nebraska. We'll see how he did. We'll, we'll see how he does. I think he did the best that he could in a bad situation last year at Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech is just not the same since they've been in the nineties. Um, Jeff Sims, I'm excited to see what he can do under a Matt Rule offense. I think he could do really big things. Um, and they also have a new uh, new coordinator in Tony White as well. New defensive coordinator in Tony uh, White. They also have a new offensive coordinator, if I'm reading that right, in Marcus Satterfield. Interesting. Is that, would, that. Would, would that be Scott? I think I think Marcus Satterfield, Scott Satterfield's son. Or, or maybe it's or maybe it's uh, Scott Satterfield's uh, brother. Oh no! What is it? What is it? Uh, Scott Sa- or sorry, Marcus Satterfield um, was the head coach at Tennessee Tech. Um, 
in 2016 and 2017. Uh, he was fired there. He was a tight ends coach hired by Matt Rule at Baylor. Ah. Um, he followed Matt Rule to the Carolina Panthers, where he was named assistant offensive line coach. And Marcus Satterfield <clears throat> was the offensive coordinator for the 2021 South Carolina Gamecocks. Mm. Should be interesting. Yeah. Especially with um, the 2021 and 2022 Gamecocks, you know, having those regular season thrillers against Clemson and Tennessee. You have a surprise look on your face. What's up? Um, so I was going over Matt Rule's head coaching career. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking at it uh, because he, he has done really well, and he's literally turned within four years, uh, three years actually, within three years he has turned a program right around since taking it over. This is before um, this is before Transfer Panthers. Portal. No, this is before Panthers, but before Transfer Portal, before NIL, all of that, that he was able to turn around in less than three years. Okay, So think about what he's going to do with Transfer Portal and NIL. So his first year at Temple, two and ten. His second year at Temple, six and six. Oh. His third year at Temple, ten and four. His fourth year at Temple, ten and three. At Baylor, his first year went one and eleven. His second year went seven and six. They went to the Texas Bowl. Cole, do you realize who they played in the Texas Bowl? Yep. I had no idea that they went to a bowl game that year. Mm-hmm. That would be your your one and only mm-hmm. Vanderbilt Commodores. I had no idea. I completely forgot that Vandy went to a bowl in 2018. That is utterly that's why I was surprised. It's because and they scored 38 points. Yep. <clears throat> Still lost. Still lost. 45-38. Wild. Um, he then, uh, his third and final year at the Bear, with the Bears, he went 11-3 and with a Sugar Bowl loss to Georgia 26-14. So, under a college program, Matt Rule rules. NFL's a whole different ball game, all right? The Panthers were competitive. But, <laughs> I'm... In the NFC South, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, NFL is a whole different ball game. Yeah. literally. Yeah, Nebraska picked made the right choice, I, and this is yeah. I think Nebraska is also going to surprise a lot of people, um, but they do have some rebuilding this year. I don't think I think they're going to be good, but I don't think they're going to be his third and fourth year at Temple good. I don't think he's no. going to be his third year at Baylor good. I will say I think he is coming into a program with a lot of talent already around him. Um, I could see them being a contender now that you brought up some of his pedigree, what he was able to do at Temple and Baylor. Um yeah, should be interesting to see what he does. I'm I Big Ten. I love that the West is finally adding up, or fi- finally measuring up to the yeah. to the East. A They're not bit. just going to roll over. They're anymore. not just going to roll over. Speaking of the Big Ten West, speaking of the Big Ten West, um, we are going to talk about uh, some realignment just real quick before we get off of here. So. <clears throat> 
Over the weekend, uh, over the course of last week, massive, massive, massive moves were made. Colorado, two weeks ago, said, hey, peace out, I'm done. All right? That's a, and here's why that's a big deal, Cole. It's because that would be the same as Vanderbilt walking out from the SEC and go, hey, I'm, I'm done. I'm not doing this yeah. anymore. That was Colorado. All right? So then, later on, it's rumored, it's rumored, it's rumored, Arizona's coming to the Big 12. Arizona's coming to the Big 12. Sure enough, a few days later, maybe a week later, boom, Arizona says, hey, I'm back. Hey, I'm coming to the Big 12. All right? Arizona gets confirmed. The next day, and Cole, this moved so fast, I couldn't keep up with it. The next day, Utah, excuse me, Utah, Arizona State, and... It's just those three, right? Utah and Arizona. Yes. Move, yes. Utah and Arizona go, hey, we're coming to the Big 12 as well. In that, I think people forget that this happened because you had the four corner schools literally move to the Big 12, that Oregon and Washington got scooped up. I don't even think ever think it was announced that Oregon and Washington got moved to the or moving to the Big Ten in 2024. Mm-hmm. I think that that completely flew under the radar. I, the last, the only post I ever saw was that they were confirming a deal with the Big Ten, and that was it. So on, let's just go through the pack. I, I know this really isn't the time or place to do it, but real quick, Pac-12 destruction at this point, I think is very fair to say. At this point, George Klyovkov is trying to help his final four members find a new home. Yep. Um, University of Arizona, see ya, bye, Big 12. Arizona State, see ya, bye, Big 12. Um, UCLA, see ya, bye, Big 10. University of Colorado, Big 12. University of Oregon, Big 10. University of Southern California, most commonly known as USC, going to the Big 10. University of Utah, Big 12. University of Washington, Big 10. Yep. That leaves University of California, Berkeley, Oregon State University, Stanford University, and Washington State as your only four schools remaining in the Pac-12. And I'm honestly waiting on the news to break at this point. Uh, I would, I, I've seen something that the ACC is in talks with Cal and Stanford, um, but I haven't seen anything for Oregon State or Washington State. Would not surprise me if they went to Mountain West. I know, and I hate that. Um, There was a scramble by San Diego State to combine the four Pac-12 schools, four of the best Mountain West, and four of the AAC schools to make another – to make – Failed today. Power conference. Yeah, failed. Uh, I think San Diego State – the AAC, I could see who they would try to get. I think it would be Tulane, Memphis – uh, possibly UTSA. I'm trying to think of one more that they would have. Maybe USF. Um, mm-hmm. USF is terrible, but they have a good market, and that's apparently what people are caring about now. Um, for the Mountain West, I San Diego State, Boise State, Fresno State. Um, Air Force. Air Force, maybe. Yeah, because they're in Colorado. Maybe Utah State. They're yeah. also they're also really competitive. Um, but that failed. That's not going to happen. And unfortunately, I think that we're going to see Oregon State and Washington State 
be relegated to group of five. I unfortunately think that it's going to turn into like a, what happened to USF in Cincinnati or UConn in Cincinnati uh, when the Big East broke up and the fact that they're just going to be relegated to group of five. You truly hate to see it because the Pac-12 has had such a rich history with Over college football. years of football. And, and, and lest we forget, lest we forget that they almost became a, the first super conference back in the early 2010s. Yep. That Texas, Texas Tech, uh, a few of the Oklahoma schools, they were seriously considered, Kansas State was seriously considering moving to the Pac-12 at the time and becoming the Pac-16. Since 2011, with the addition of the University of Colorado and University of Utah, there have been no moves in the Big 12 since this year. Or since uh, late last season, excuse me. Exactly. With uh, USC and UCLA. Exactly. It's insane. It is wild. The the Pac-12 is done for. Um, However, here's what I will say. I think there was a resounding ugh in the room for college football fans when this happened. Um, And ultimately, I think this is what's going to happen, Cole. I think there's going to be end up being four major power – two to four major power conferences, and they grow so big that it's just going to end up being a regional thing again under two banners. Yep. Um, That or they just might get – they might get busted up again. I think – and I know we kind of veered off talking about the Big Ten, but this to me is the most relevant Big Ten news. Um, we're kind of dip, dipping our toe in the water of realignment. Dipping here. our toe, yep. Um, ultimately, I could see if it goes to that, I could see them doing, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to say this to get your hopes up, but I could see like a Big East, a Big South, Big North, Big West. Yeah. Like split it up into the four power conferences because essentially that's what it is now. Um, and then have, I don't think they would ever do it, but as you said, relegation. Yeah. Where your last team in your conference, which is something that I actually really like about uh, Euro football, is the threat of relegation, where you have a more direct link between your Power Five and your Group of Five schools and say your last team, your first team in your Group of Five goes up to Power Five, your last team in your Power Five goes down to Group of Five. I would just love for some stability in the in college football at this point. Yes. Because, and, and that's really what has happened here, is ever since the NCAA lost its power in the 80s with that lawsuit against Oklahoma when the yep. NCAA said, hey – you as a conference or you as a school cannot negotiate your own TV deal, and the rule and it came out that they ruled against the NCAA. The NCAA, um, I heard somebody say the other day that it's been like substitute teacher in the classroom recently. Yep. Uh, the teacher's been away for a long time, and now you've got the sub in there. Um, I can't remember who I heard. It may have been Josh Pate as well. I'm sorry for all the Josh Pate references, but he has a really great show. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to check it out, it's Late Kick. Uh, uh, late kick on YouTube, late kick with Josh Pate. It's a great show, um, but I I just think that we need a governing body at this point to break away from the NCAA. Um, it, it, that's just what it's going to have to be. And unfortunately, as much as I think Group of Five football is really good, here's what I think, Cole. I think we're seeing a repeat of the '70s. Yeah, uh, when we saw a split from Division One A and Division. One two A, yeah. Um, so FBS and FCS. I think we're going to see that again. 
I, th- I think that, honestly, we're going to see that split. The group of five conferences are going to be labeled as group of five or the Power Five break away from the NCAA and group of five remains FBS. And then we have the CFP League. Yeah. You know, something like that. The 75 uh, power teams or whatever it may be. I think ultimately we will not see any stability in college football, and it wouldn't surprise me to throw out this year. 2030. <sighs> we, I hate we, to say that. There's but. got to be stability. And I think I don't like NFL football. You know this. Yeah. I don't like NFL football, but I think this is the one thing that the NFL has going for them is that they have a governing body that actually governs. And the you're going to. either needs to uh, put their foot down on this stuff or get out of the room. Yeah. I mean, and I don't see how they could put their foot down. They've had it off the pedal for so long. There's no way that they could put it down. No. Um, Honestly, it's just going to have to come down to the conferences saying, "Hey, we're leaving, and there's nothing that we're leaving, and we're creating our own league, and this is just the way it's going to have to be." Yep. Um, and then that way we can kind of get back to normal college football. I think at that point, at this point, let's just rip the bandaid off. Yeah, let's just rip the bandaid off. Um, I I don't love it becoming a professional sports league. I think it needs to be veer back a little bit more towards student centered, um, but. I don't know. Until you get more stability in the room, you 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 know, you you need to do that. And what I was saying with the NFL, they are the highest producing pro sports sports in general. They are the highest producing sports market in all of the United States. They rake in tens of billions of dollars. Oh yeah. So why can't college football follow that model of having a st- stable governing body? I think ultimately it just depends on what direction CFP wants to present to their student athletes. Um, and I think in like the steps of NIL, uh, major conference realignment, everyone kind of gunning to join Big Ten, Big 12, SEC. Um, ultimately, that we've seen the lead up to the death of the NCAA. I think we're starting to see the death of the NCAA. I think so, too. I think so, too. Um, But I don't don't have anything else, so I think we hit on all the teams that we wanted to talk about. Absolutely. Um, Big Ten preview. Uh, who who I'll say this: Who you got winning the conference? Who do you Michigan. think? Is in, who do you think's in the title game? And who do you got winning the conference? Uh, title game. I am going to go. Let's see. Um, this season I've got Michigan for the East and Nebraska for the West. I could see Purdue sneaking up there, being in the top three. Um, and my top three for the West, Nebraska, Iowa, Purdue, Big Ten East, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Um, I've got I've got Michigan and Wisconsin going to the title game, ultimately with Michigan winning the winning the title. I think Michigan is going to win the title. It's just a matter of time. Yep. Yep. Uh but with that, to wrap up Big Ten preview, we're gonna come at you next week with Big Twelve preview. Big Twelve preview. All right, with that, I am Owen Spelnick. My name's Cole Connor. And thank you for listening to the Panther Pod.